0: You're listening to Pimelo Moutini on SAFM.
1: So a bit of good news, um, followed by some some concerns. Okay, so we told that in the past year, um, because of lockdowns and so on, rhino poaching has actually come down. And uh, the ministry also says, you know, there's a lot of work that has gone into preserving um, the rhino, and, and that we've done very well as a country. Tim Neary is our nature conservationist, and let me welcome you to the show. First of all, Tim, good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. Yes, well, that's a, nice, that's a nice introduction, isn't it? I've already chewed the top off of my pencil.
1: <laughs> so it, it's a bit of good news, and they're saying, you know, a lot of work has gone into uh, making sure that the rhino does not go extinct. But then there are other conversations that are also happening about what we should allow and what we shouldn't allow, and I'm told that private game reserve owners are up in arms. Why are they up in arms?
0: Well, I think the, I think the, the two things that one can look at here. First of all, I, I'd love to have uh, the good, the dear minister at the other end of a of table. Um, the reason that the numbers that the numbers are down in poaching, it's because the, the rhinos have been decimated, and it's a lot more difficult to poach the rhino Ouch. now because you have to go and look for it.
1: Ouch. So wow. let's
0: not let's not get ourselves all patting on the back, et cetera, um because we should have solved this problem 10 years ago um this okay. is you know not excuse but So Tim the- yeah,
1: we've had stickers. I mean, I, when you drive around, there's stickers everywhere. People have got bumper stickers, you know, save the rhino and so on. We've had fundraising. There are foundations upon foundations to to try and save the rhino and so yeah. on. And it goes, and it's been like this for a while, right? And there was a time when it gained a lot of momentum. And I think uh, people also had those uh, those. I think it was the the covers, the covers on their on their cars.
0: Oh goodness I, me! And we <laughs> (laughs) You even had the rhino horn strapped to the front of your car. Yes. Okay, please. So so, so
1: what happened to all those efforts? Because she credits those efforts to what's happening now. But, Um, I mean, how she frames it's very different to how you're framing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can imagine how she would explain it because, unfortunately, rather removed from coalface and people that work in the industry. Uh, we, We have occasions where four rand in a thousand or four rand in a hundred Four percent of the money ends up on the ground, and the rest is running organisations. Mm. So let's not get ourselves excited about all these uh, save the rhino, etc. Let's look to see where the rhino have been saved, and they haven't been. So, we are trading in rhino. Mm. The difference being is that we are trading, uh, we are we are trading in a in a basis where it is totally destructive to the rhino. So along have come a whole lot of people who decide that the right thing to do now is to ban rhino farming, Mm -hmm. and we only want rhino on reserve. Yes. Okay. First of all, I'd like to see the definition of a reserve. Yes. Second of all, how are you going to protect that reserve? And the reality is, like guns where a tick uh, and a signature took the value of firearms, some really great old firearms were taken right out the system, Okay, a tick is now going to take a rhino that is already devalued because nobody in his right mind wants a rhino on his property. Okay, so mm-hmm. now to start with, let's not get again terribly excited. The breeding programs, etc., of these rhino mm-hmm. are vastly reduced because of the, the the cost of looking after a rhino on your property.
2: So, so, so
1: let's just maybe, because this was a discussion, and I, and I I get the sense that this discussion is leading somewhere. This is a, to preempt something in legislature around what to do with rhino. Uh, let's talk about what she was insinuating in a panel discussion.
0: Well, I think, you know, when you say that it's, it's, it's around the rhino, it's also going to be around the canned lion hunting yes. industry, which I'm very grateful to see the end of. Okay. The only thing is that we're not going to see the end of it. Uh, Martinez and Skulkweg passed the law very quickly that banned line uh, the the captive lions. That was overturned in weeks by the court, and everybody went off happily. What do you do with over six thousand captive animals? What do you do with them if you take off the system tomorrow? Now, again, the government needs to get themselves around the table and actually talk with one voice because not too many weeks ago they declared uh, cheetah wild dogs uh, rhino lion these animals were declared uh, domestic well uh, agricultural animals okay. so that they could be bred in captivity Oh
1: that's interesting so so yes. let's just let's just look at the distinction there as well so let's just first first ask ourselves and I want to ask you do you think the system, and we want to talk now about the gaming, what what does, what makes a gaming farm and what is not a gaming farm. But let's just say, for instance, could parks today absorb what is currently in private reserves?
0: Yes, they could. And then they will all be happily poached over the next couple of weeks. Oh. Okay, okay. because you're going to go back to the system of the inability to look after the rhinos. It's a lot. It's a lot easier when your rhino are moving into one area mm-hmm. and are not widely spread. Mm-hmm. Visualise that the Kruger Park is the size of Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just not very wide, but it's very long. Mm. It's two and a half million hectares. Mm. Now, nobody with their right mind can manage that. And I, I know a lot of the pilots, etc., that fly for Kruger Park. They, one of them is a personal friend of mine. And the difficulty that they raise, because when you head off to go and chase one lot of uh, Mm -hmm. poachers, there's another lot straight behind you Mm. taking out the next rhino. Mm -hmm. So let's understand that it's a well-oiled, well-run machine. Mm. And if she wants to start claiming, or if anybody wants to start claiming great successes, then I want to see kingpins locked away. And we haven't seen kingpins locked away. the minister
1: speaks about how they are really doing well in that department. You don't agree?
0: No. Where are we seeing it in the press, etc. Of rhino kingpins who haven't been let out again on bail, and how many rhino kingpins have we locked away? I'm not interested in catching poachers.
1: Yeah, I get that. And,
0: and, and you know, somewhere along the line, interestingly enough. Kenya had a very similar issue at one stage and they turned the poachers into protectors. We haven't managed to do that yet. But but
1: Tim, of course by now we all get the sentiment that you're not very fond of the ministry. But let's be fair, uh, let let me just ask you this. Is it something that one government can manage? We know this is widespread. We know that the kingpins are sitting in another
0: country. It can't be managed by one government. Yeah. It it can't be okay. And please understand, I've got a lot of time for the ministry and a, and a hell of a lot of time. It's got some really good people that work on the lower levels, but unfortunately, what happens is we get these occasions where this is great brownie points where we can turn around and say we're going to ban this with rhino. Mm. Rhino are bred. Rhino are one of the few animals. That you can have in kept in, in, a, in a small reserve or a farm, breed up a number and release it into a main reserve, and they will happily they'll happily settle down tomorrow as a normal rhino. Uh, you've got rhino that have come out of zoos, and they've been brought out to Velkafonden and various other reserves, and they've been released on the reserve into a boma, out onto the field, without anybody saying, "Now, young rhino, this is how you have to go and eat the bush." Hmm. They adapt very quickly. They're one of the few animals
2: that do adapt to this way.
1: Let me go to Colin in Cape Town. Hi, Colin.
2: Hi, good afternoon, Pamela, and good afternoon to your guest. Hi. I agree with you 100%. You know, the Kruger Park, there are so many ports of entry. You don't know, You don't even know where to look, where to start. You've got to use helicopters. Now, if you had those in captive and they were released into a like the Kruger Park or something like that. But, um, come back to the other story, COVID um, brought down the poaching. Now, COVID brought down drunken driving, motor accidents, and so many things because COVID actually put the, the whole world into like a dormant uh, a stage. That is why COVID, those people couldn't cross our borders and things like that. All right, one or two or three got through or something like that. But COVID, um, if COVID was not around, I think our rhinos were still being poached.
1: Thanks, Colin. I've got to go. So, so, Tim, um, we'll speak again, but you certainly are not convinced about the strategy. You don't think it's going to work.
0: No, I don't. You don't make a law to solve a problem. Uh, You really don't. And and you need to sit down and work out what is the exact problem and how are you going to manage it? And that will, will get people a lot better suited than making yet another law in our country that can't be managed.
1: Lovely talking to you, Tim Neri, Nature Conservation is just uh, lamenting on what the minister said at a roundtable recently, just alluding to the fact that they are looking into moving um, rhino, for instance, specifically rhino, out of private game properties into um, their pro- you know properties like sand parks. And I think there's an issue there about definition of game parks and so on. So that's a conversation that we'll continue uh, uh, you know, focusing on because obviously it's not the end of the story. It's just the beginning.